I want to bring up Patty really quickly here. Patty has worked tirelessly on putting together uh, the areas of focus of prayer, uh, kind of ongoing. Patty, come on up and uh, maybe you just share briefly about it and, and what you were thinking. Good morning, church family. Before the Christmas season, God placed it on my heart that we need to be praying like we do on the National Day of Prayer in May. You know, the seven mountains for the military, our nation, medical, you're all familiar with that. And I'm sure many of you are probably already doing that. I wasn't. And so I just want to invite you to be a part of that. And I know we're already so, so busy. But I felt if we can give five minutes a day, five, five days a week, to praying for your mountain. I mean, pick one or, or as many as you want. And we're putting together some prayer suggestions. And by their only suggestions, you maybe have better ones. Um, hopefully, this will all come together by next Sunday. Pastor Mike will have more information about that. But just wanted to give you the heads up that we want to do that. And we're going to go into 2021 stronger and better than ever. And so grateful that God is inviting us to be a part of this. So thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Patty. <clears throat> Praise God. Uh, then uh, let's see what else do I have here. This is, I'm so thankful that we have all these life groups going on. Yeah. Aren't you? <clears throat> and so, so the reason we have that is that the mistakes of 2020 don't continue on. Amen. So you get connected and you think, oh, wow, that was a bad year and I didn't do so good spiritually. Hey, new beginnings. You could begin again. Isn't that right? So that's what we have. A uh, quick shout out, Paul and Lisa, thank you for hosting the uh, New Year's Eve party. We had a pack full of people here. Thank you. Let's give them a hand. It was fun. <clears throat> we had food, games, and so we so appreciate that. Uh, we have Red Cross Blood Drive uh, Wednesday. It's already full. <laughs> and so Danny has been hitting that up with a number of volunteers here. So uh, that's this Wednesday. Uh, and then just one quick comment, and I'm running out of time here. <clears throat> On January 11th and 12th, which is Monday and Tuesday, our time where we pray and, and those you need to consecrate fast before the Lord and whatever's on your heart, whatever the Lord asked you to do this year, uh, do that. And maybe it's getting off social media, amen, or something, or shutting the TV off, or whatever it may be, uh, fasting a meal or two. And uh, So we'll be praying that Monday and Tuesday night and then that Wednesday uh, I just feel you know, the word was new beginnings with 2021 uh, that God brought us through, amen, <clears throat> and that uh, we're going to celebrate, so we're going to eat. <clears throat> Italians like to eat, so uh, we're going to eat, and we're going to just celebrate the goodness of God that he brought us through. We're going to give testimony that night, and we'll have a time of worship. How's that sound? Grace, come on out to that. Come on out to that and be involved with that. Amen. Are we live with Facebook? Let's welcome our Facebook audience. God bless you. Uh, actually, from across the world, <clears throat> we welcome you. The Church for the Harvest this morning, believe in God, uh, his blessing over your life. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, I humble myself before you. In and of myself, I have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people, your sheep, Father God, what they need here today. Uh, I, I rest on you and your strength, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, Amen. <clears throat> amen. I'm starting a new series. New series. And uh, when we started the church about 20 years ago, I taught on this. And I thought, you know, we just celebrated 20 years as a church. And then we're entering into a new season. Isn't that right? We're in a new year. But we're also building. I don't know if you knew that. We're building a new building. 
<clears throat> I think trees are going down this week. They're cutting the trees. And yeah, we'll plant new ones. Okay, so relax. But these are old ones. Old things passed away. New. Amen? <clears throat> and so, so things are moving ahead with that. We appreciate your prayers on that. But uh, when I think about the armor of God and in, in, in how God prepares us, uh, how many know when he left, he didn't just leave us and say, you know, Arrivederci, and I'll see you. Hope you can make it. He gave us armaments. He gave us power. He gave us uh, weapons, uh, spiritual weapons for us to, uh, to, to, uh, to deal with the enemy, right? So uh, we have a, a few slides here. I just want to, uh, this is the first week in our series, and I subtitle this, The Process of Preparation. There's a Greek philosopher, Aristotle, you heard around 350 BC. He said this and kind of stuck in my mind for years. The soul never thinks without a picture. I want to try to help paint a picture through the Holy Spirit here this morning uh, with you on uh, uh, the armor of God. So if I can get this to work here and move forward. Thank you, Ephesians 6.12. <clears throat> Ephesians 6.12, um, we're going to just take uh, a kind of a preparation before we get into the armament, uh, uh, God's wonderful armor uh, that he has for us. Uh, this past year may have been a difficult year in a certain area of your life that you really struggled. Uh, it's affected all of us in some way or another, all of us. In, in, in some of us, in many ways, um, the tragedy and the pain and the suffering and the heartache and all of that. And, and if, if we could take away from 2020, one thing is we know that the devil is alive and well, <clears throat> and he is wreaking havoc on our nation and on our lives. And um, I want to I start off with this one statement here. I know I'm jumping around here. Uh, I do have something I methodically want to get to you, but uh, uh, this is what we're going to receive at communion here in a bit, is this, this is the thing I want you to get. If anything here today is this, this is a lie of the enemy, and it's this, if I leave the devil alone, he will leave me alone. I'm going to say that again. You know, people think this way, especially Christians, and I've been told this. You know what, man, I leave the devil, if I just stay away from him, he's going to leave me alone. That is a lie. If you call on the name of Christ, you are a target. And we're going to talk about what that means to be a target and why we, it is of necessity, need to be clothed in God's armor. Amen? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We'll get into this later here, this word against. It's named four times. And it actually means something. But in the Greek, uh, this word wrestle, one translation says, because not is to us to wrestle in the natural. But he's talking about spiritually speaking here, against flesh and blood. The word wrestle actually refers to a struggle. It's a struggling, a wrestling. Uh, actually means hand-to-hand -hand fighting, which I kind of like some of that once in a while in and, and training. And, and so that's actually, it's derived from the Greek word pala, P-A-L-A, a pala. Uh, the Greeks called their training gym. So Paul was very familiar at this time when he wrote this. And when he's writing this, he's writing it in the context of what's going on in the culture there. And he talks about this spiritual battle we have. And he goes, hey, uh, our wrestling is not like that in the natural, but it's like it in the spiritual. And he, he points and he uses this actual word. So if you understood Greek and you would read this, you go, I know exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about the palastra. He said, what? The who? And that's why we want to prep this before we get into the armament because it's so important. For we wrestle not against 
And that is the Greek word we get, some would pronounce it pulestra. I call it, because many times I taught this in Ukraine, palastra. That's how they'd say it in Ukraine. And uh, so, so the palastra means the house of combat sports. The house of combat sports. And so in the Greek, that word uh, palastra means to sway or vibrate, like wrestlers today when they get, they get in the ring. They're swaying, they're vibrating. Uh, but it's also it's a spiritual picture, a uh, figurative picture of us in our battle, watch this, with these unseen forces of darkness that every single believer is engaged in. Remember, if I ignore him, he'll leave me alone is a lie. Once you get that, if anything today. So this uh, polastra was a huge building that outwardly looked like a palace. It was actually, they, they made them look really demonstrative. And it was a place that they actually did combative sports and, and they would cultivate a lot of the athletes in this polastra, the, the local gym. It was the training, the training uh, institute. So every morning, every afternoon, every evening, you can find the most committed and dedicated athletes that were in there and they were training and they were determined. Uh, they would work out and train throughout the whole day. Now, this is a little history, a little background, because I'm going to get to a, a point here before we receive communion. So the palastra, <clears throat> uh, there were three types or three primary types of athletes that were in the palastra. The first one were the boxers, the boxers. Now, a little bit of background about the boxers. Their boxers weren't like ours today, okay? Uh, they were extremely violent. Uh, they were so violent uh, they were not permitted to box without wearing a helmet because everything went. They were so brutal and they were so barbaric, they actually wore gloves that were ribbed with steel or they had spikes on them, so they hit their opponent in their flesh. It would gouge into their flesh. Sometimes the steel would wrap around their gloves. They would serrate it, and so like a hunting knife, and so they would make deep gashes in their opponent's uh, uh, body. And so sometimes they would hit their opponent so hard with their thumb or whatever they had at that moment, popped their eye out. Uh, it, was, it was gruesome. It was gruesome, this type of sport. Uh, some of you remember back in June 28, 1997, when Mike Tyson bit off the ear of Evander Holyfield. How remember that? Well, there was nothing. <laughs> Everything went in this sport. I'm saying, this is, this is history now, a little bit of history. Another thing, this is what I want you to get. It was very barbaric. There were no rules. Can we say that? Say, no rules. The only thing... They could not do is you could not clench your opponent's fist. That was it. Who's going to be stopping them to have a fight and do that? You know. <clears throat> so, so that was it. Uh, that was the, the only really, if you could say, rule of the game. There were no rounds. There was no ding. Take a break. Spray down with water and a towel. Dry up the blood. You know. There was uh, put a bandaid on a cut. There was none of that. None of that, <clears throat> like we have in boxing today. No rounds, no 12 rounds, three minutes each, you know, a bell, a ding. There was, n there was none of that. <clears throat> no rounds. And so the, the fight just went on and on and on until one surrendered or, or the other just died in the ring. Died in the ring. So we had the boxers. The second group that was training and fought in this palaster were the wrestlers. And they often wrestled to the death. They wrestled to the death. In fact, favorite tactic, they say, uh, one of the historians said in those days was to grab a hold of an opponent around the waist from behind, throw him up in the air, quickly break his back, uh, uh, you know, from behind, kind of like a German suplex or some of the stuff you see staged today, but it was actually real back then. 
And if they could, you know, disable or cripple their opponent, they would do that because it's either them, their life, or the other opponent's life. An inscription from uh, the first century said this of the wrestlers and boxes. They said, a wrestler's victory is attained through blood. It was a violent, violent sport. And so, <clears throat> so choking uh, was another means that they could choke. Uh, it was acceptable practice. They could break fingers. They could break ribs. Uh, they would gouge the face. They'd, once again, knock out eyes. Uh, very extremely violent sport. The third group that trained was a pancreatist. Uh, it's derived from the Greek. It's actually a combination of two Greek words. This is all from Paul's picture of the one word wrestle. <laughs> That's why you can see why it's been 20 weeks just in this one series. Wrestle. There's so much that is in this, in, in these next few verses here. They would have pancreatus. They're uh, a pan meaning all kratos, all power put together. Pan, all power, all exhibited power. Uh, the two words describe someone with massive amounts of power, uh, more powerful than anyone else. In other words, these were the heavyweights. These were the big boys. Uh, these guys were out to prove that they couldn't be beaten, that they were tougher than anyone else. So in order to prove this, Everyone else, everything was permitted. They would kick, they would punch, they would bite, they would strike, they would break legs, they would do any horrible thing that you could imagine. And why? Because there was no part of the body that was off limits. No part. They could do anything to the part of their competitor's body. Why? Because there was, once again, basically, can we shout, no rules. Can we say that again? Basically, there were no rules. There's no rules. Interesting. Interesting. An early inscription says about these guys, if you should hear that your son had died, believe it. But if you should hear that he had been defeated and retired, do not believe it. Why? Because more died in this sport than surrendered or were defeated. So, so, <clears throat> so we see about this word palastra and say, okay, how does, how, what does this have to do with me, Pastor Mike? <laughs> we're reading something that's ancient, it's 2,000 years ago, and, and uh, <clears throat> Uh, you know, so what is this whole palastra? What is Paul trying to get across here, talking about some crazy battle? Well, it was actually the survival of the fittest. So here, here's the thing you need to get. The Apostle Paul, he uses this very illustration, watch this, to describe our conflict with the devil. I want, you, I want that to sink in. Our conflict with unseen forces, demonic powers that have been marshaled against us for our destruction. By using this word wrestle, Paul, watch this, is conveying the idea of a, a bitter struggle, an intense conflict, which describes our warfare with demonic forces as a combat sport. So for those of you who think that once I receive Jesus Christ in my life and I'm born again and, and, and you know, the devil's going to leave me alone you're deceived because he hates you. He hates God's kingdom. He never sleeps or slumbers. Can I get an amen? He is always there opposing the things of God. Everything, everything, constantly. But we have authority over him. I said we have authority over him. We'll get into that. <clears throat> so Paul's conveying the idea is a bitter struggle. And so this means that, watch this, that when we're fighting, and, and you will, just when you accepted Christ, you're fighting demonic foes. There are no rules. I want that to sink in. This isn't fair. Jesus, why is this happening to me? Why me, Jesus? There are no rules. If you can see how the enemy views you 
and his hatred towards you. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. But greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Can I get an amen? So all methods of attack are legal. There are no umpire to cry foul when the enemy attempts to break you or choke you or strangle you. Say, well, it's not really happening to me. Well, what about when the enemy tries to seduce you with a Delilah? Entice you or addict you to alcohol, sexual immorality, smoking weed. Come on, somebody. I don't care if it's legal or not. <clears throat> amen? amen. Oh, there's a few amens on that one. Whatever, go on, Pastor Mike. Watch this. <laughs> so whoever fights the hardest, the meanest, and lasts the longest is the winner of the confrontation. <clears throat> that, 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 that's, that's, that, is, that is the picture of wrestle. So he's not saying, for you do not wrestle, <clears throat> you are by still peaceful waters all the time. He's saying, we don't wrestle in the natural. <clears throat> Thank God for the military and all that, deal with that, amen? And, the, and law enforcement, and, and, you know. But, but as Christians, we wrestle kind of just like exactly, if I can say it that way, in the palastra. And what happens there? There's a myriad of other things we get into. What, how they train these athletes and what they go through. So it's really the survival of the fittest. So, so really, you know, James 4, 7, Pastor Mike, it's a truth. The Bible says, submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And, and, and I was taught that, you know, and which is a biblical truth that when you resist the devil, he turns around and he runs off. And, you know, he's been kind of de, you know, you know, uh, tooth so he can only gum you. Let me tell you something. The devil can bite down really hard if you let him. And, and you just look around what's going on in the world. You know, okay, there's something going on here that is not of God. This is demonic and it's evil. I mean, I just, I don't even want to say. You just have to, on your apps, your phones, you get it constantly of how much insanity this person shooting that person, this rape happened, that, this person burying people that, come on now. It, this is demonic stuff. It's not just like, I didn't take my meds today. Come on, somebody. Right? This is beyond. And the enemy, he doesn't want you to see this. He just wants you to see it's just, it's just some other issue. Because he doesn't want you to stand up against him and take your authority against him. Can I get an amen? Two things very quickly. Number one, Satan is constantly on the tack. And number two, we have the authority from God to resist him. The problem is most Christians are AWOL. They, they, what happens is this thing, and this is, this is big. I'm going to hit this, and I love you, Pastor Mike. I'm for you, not against you. But the sovereignty of God is huge up in this community. It's the Doris Day mindset. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. So listen, if something doesn't happen, God willed it. God willed it. You know, that tsunami that happened and killed all those. Okay, God must have willed it. Are you nuts? The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Well, if God is all powerful, he would stop him. Really? He did 2,000 years ago, but he told someone else to enforce that victory. And that's the church, that's you and I. And if we advocate our authority, nothing's going to get done. Moving right along, now you're starting to wake up. So, so, so what are you saying, Pastor Mike? <clears throat> we resist Satan, demons, <clears throat> not just to make our lives easier, but to restore our walk with Jesus. And that's the thing I think many people have found this past year is that their walk with Jesus was really crippled. And some of you came out stronger, but some of you came out pretty beat up. And it was a wake-up call. And you're still here, amen? Amen. 
But it's a wake-up call. And if you're here, then you survived. Amen. You made it through. Thank God for that. Amen. Thank God for that. And so, so what are you saying, Pastor Mike? I believe the Apostle Paul, he's, he's trying to get this across to us. Now watch this. You better be equipped. You better be alert. You better be prepared. Watch this. Before the fight begins. Mm. Before the fight begins. How? By being clothed in the armor of God. That's what he's saying. How will we clothe? I shared this before. I had a roommate in Bible school, and he was a unique guy. Um, that's all I'll say about that. <clears throat> he would get up every morning, and he'd put his feet out in the bed, and, and then he would just, you know, lift his hands, and he would start putting the armor of God on, grabbing a mysterious helmet. I woke up one and I said, what are you doing, man? <laughs> You're my roommate. What's going on here? I'm in Bible school. And so he felt, you know, I got to put those shoes on. I mean, and it's cute for kids. You know, you can help them memorize. Come on, you know, put those shoes of peace on and grab that sword and all that. You know, <clears throat> come on. That's not how you're clothed in the armor of God. We are clothed, watch this, you can write this down, in the armor of God by virtue of our relationship with Jesus. Amen. See, when you're connected to the vine, you're clothed. You're in, you're in. And some of you found out this past year, oh, man, I haven't been connected. I've been disconnected. And what stories do you have to tell of 2020? Well, the stories, even though they were painful and hard, and they, and they hit you hard, and they may have felt like they knocked you down, but you got back up because you were plugged in. You stuck in the word of God. Amen? That even though it was difficult, you got a story to tell. Usually all our problems come from emotional moments. Isn't that right? It's usually an emotional moment. Emotional moment, I drank too much. I did this too much. I shouldn't have, yeah. I said yes to that girl, that relationship with that guy. I shouldn't have done that. Come on, somebody, amen. Too much. And it always winds up with, I don't have a good story to tell. How many know that God wants you to have a good story, amen? Yes. Moving right along off of that one. That was a hot potato. Second Timothy 2.5, almost done. <clears throat> Watch this. This is what I'm going to kind of end with this here. Second Timothy 2.5, if any man or woman strives for masteries, talking about uh, in the battle of preparation, Yet he is not crowned except he strives lawfully. Hmm. Lawfully. Now in the Greek, lawfully does not refer to rules. It doesn't refer to rules of the game. Because if you remember, once again, there were no rules. So what is he talking about here? What are you saying, Paul? Well, lawfully actually means in the Greek, watch this, the standard of training and preparation every athlete went through before the battle took place, before it actually started, before they got in the ring. That's what Paul's saying. Hmm. So, so, so how do I strive lawfully? How do I strive? In other words, how, how, you know, how do I prepare before this fight? Well, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 7, he says, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and then exercise. Oh, there's that word. It's a good word. 2021, exercise is not a bad word. Amen? <laughs> now that some of the gyms are open or whatever. <clears throat> but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise. Somebody shout exercise. Rather unto godliness. Wow, what does that mean? Well, that word exercise, an interesting word in the Greek, it actually literally means, I didn't make this up, it's in there, it's in the Bible. It means this, it says, exercise while stark naked or in the nude. It's a word, gymos. It means to train, 
naked or wearing some a loincloth, thank God, but <clears throat> in the gym. So, okay, Paul, what's up with this? It's getting a little bit off kilter here. It's getting a little deep. This word exercise was you describe, watch this, athletes in training for combat sports. It was used to describe the manner in which the athletes in the competitors prepared and trained to fight. And I'm going to get into that in the weeks to come here. But this is very important. Now watch this. This, this tells us that we should never attempt to enter the real arena until we have gone through the necessary preparation first. Amen. Okay, where are you going? Where are you going on this? In other words, if you enter the arena and go, praise God, you know, I got my bubble, I don't need this, I don't need that on my own, and you just charge forth, you'd be better to spend some, better be ready to spend some time in recuperation, hmm? intensive care, because you are not going to win, is what Paul is saying. Ouch. Paul's implying that winners are those who have trained, watch this, and prepared themselves spiritually beforehand. How many of you see it's important to be clothed in God's armor? Amen. So in conclusion, so Pastor Mike, what, what does this have to do with us today once again? And how, how am I just going to get trained? I just open up my Bible and read it. That's good. And do I just put on my worship tape? Yeah, that's good. And uh, uh, do I just kind of clap my hands and sing while I'm in the car? That's good. You need to do that. Should I just call and text people for prayer? Now, hey, that's good. But th th that's not the training camp. It's part of it. It's all munitions. But where's this training camp? When you said yes to Jesus and you said yes to the gospel, the Holy Spirit brought us all and he plopped you and me into a place called the local church. The local church is the palastra. That is what Paul's talking about. Paul's talking about that place of training as we're seeing in these scriptures here, this preparation. So the palastra, however you want to pronounce it, is the local church. The palastra is the place where God, by his spirit, trains us. How many of you know you can think you're a real spiritual person until if you're just living like a hermit all by yourself? My man, I'm pretty, I'm spiritual. Nobody ruffled my feathers, nothing. But you start getting around other people, right? Come on now. And more than ever this past year, I wouldn't get into it because I'm getting <laughs> People have been chiming in on other people's stuff, right? And it's just been, it's been ugly. So the church, watch this, the local church, there are all kind of trainers. All kind of trainers. There are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so everything that an athlete needed, and I'll build on this here in the weeks to come, to get ready for that fight was in the palastra, spiritually speaking, in the local church. Can you see why it's so important that church is essential? Can you see why? The devil wants to shut churches down. Kick, kick, why? Because the training ground should be. So, well, Pastor Mike, my church here, you know, they just read Reader's Digest and they sing weird songs and they, uh, no, that's not the local church. Come on. There are local churches that pre preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that preach the word of God, and those that are social clubs. Listen, I knew a guy that he, in this area, not in this community, but in the surrounding area, and he said, yeah, well, I knew this one minister. He wasn't even saved. What? How do you lead a church and you don't even know Jesus? Can't give that to anybody. Amen? The Palacer is a natural picture, a physical picture of the local church spiritually. So everything that that athlete needed in the Palastra was there, so too, Paul is saying, it's in the local church. It's in the local church. Stand with me if you would, please.
Once again, the lie of the enemy. We're going to receive communion ushers. You can come forward, please. So to the church, how many know, corporately speaking, is a beautiful, wonderful place where Christian soldiers, they're being prepared to fight spiritually. That they're hearing the word of God. They're understanding what it means to discern right and wrong. How many know that there are absolutes? There are certain things that are right and there are certain things that are wrong. In today's culture now, with cancel culture and critical race theory and all this stuff that's out there, it's so confusing. What they're trying to do is trying to let you know that you can't trust and believe anything. My friends, you can trust the word of God. Amen. And those 10 commandments were written on stone for a reason. <laughs> they're not just on some tablet somewhere in Indiana Jones, buried somewhere in some place you can't find the ark. They're written on Ecclesiastes says, our heart. Oh, come on, somebody. And that's the, that's, the, that's the tactic of the enemy is silence that in your life. You shall not steal the silence that. And you, how do you know what's right and wrong? You shall not commit adultery. I don't want to hear about that. Amen. <laughs> this is going to be a great series. Amen. God is a God of order and design. He's a God of order and design. And there is a process. This is what's so beautiful. We all know we have the, uh, your unique thumbprint, isn't that right? Only you have that. Do you honestly think you're a mistake? That you just hear an accident? You just out of the almost seven and a half billion people in this? No. Your thumbprint is so unique, which means God has a process, a procedure for training you in his house. Hallelujah. Next week, Lord willing, we'll get into various stages and how they have dockets and, and there's a lot of types and shadows on that. But but the number one thing with every bowed head, head bowed here this morning, please, if you would. Those you may be watching online in this moment. I said this as we began that the lie of the enemy is if I leave him alone, he will leave me alone. And friends, there are no rules in spiritual warfare when it comes to the devil and his assault on your life. That may be a shock to some of you. Some of you think, well, I got Jesus. He's going to take care of everything. And uh, he's, hey, listen, if you are not vigilant over your own spirit man, own spirit woman, he will come in with a whisper. Oh, yes, he will. He will come in with a lie. He will come in with a thought. And you feed on that thought and you feed on that lie and weeks and months and years go by and there will come a time and a moment and a crisis. You give in to that. He's got you. Because you fed on something. You thought, oh, I, I, I didn't know he was playing for keeps. He does. It's a lie of the enemy. You're here this morning as a pastor. I believe the lie. I'm, I'm not, 2020 was a, it was just bad for me. I didn't thrive spiritually. I'm not saying that you weren't oppressed, but you just, you did not thrive spiritually. And you, you've fallen back. You fell back. So you may be watching online. You fell back. And Jesus is here saying, you know what? This is a new beginning, a new, new day, new beginnings. And just like the sea that came over the uh, armies of Egypt, I just really feel the presence of God wants to just wash and cover and just bury that heaviness here this morning over your life. If you begin afresh and anew with Christ here this morning you say pastor pray for me i need that I, I i need a fresh start i need a fresh start today 
that's you, it's very simple. It's a simple prayer, but it's a very costly prayer. It's a prayer to receive Christ. And the first step is humility. You've got to acknowledge and recognize you need God. I need God. We all need God in our life. And you need Him more than you ever needed Him this year. Pastor, pray for me. If you're willing to surrender afresh and anew and make this year a new beginning, say this with me. Say, say Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a simple prayer. It's a powerful prayer. It's a prayer of conversion. It's a prayer of new birth. It's a prayer where the presence of God invades your spirit man or spirit woman and, and takes the old and makes you new. That's what that prayer is about. We want to help you in your journey. We have information there to help you along the way and wonderful life groups to help you get connected. You say, well, I don't really connect with any of the names of life group. Just show up. Start to get to know people. And God will, God, God will still bless you. He'll still bless you. Amen.